Hey everybody, you're listening to the River Audio Podcast, a weekly sermon podcast of the River Worship Center. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. Um, I'm really excited about this. Here's the Apostle Paul making his voyage, making his voyage to Rome, and he gets shipwrecked. A storm. But I want to start at verse 1. I'll give everybody a minute here. And, and when it was decided that we should sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. Now, hold up. Back it up. Pump the brakes. Here's Paul first. They're getting ready to set sail for Italy, and he's not. This, this is first what blew me away about we go through storms in our life, right? Here's the apostle about to set sail, and he And he's not just getting to be himself and do things he wants to do. No, he's he's going prisoner. He's a prisoner at this time that has to be that has to be brought out. He's a prisoner at this time. All right. So that's important. Go to Acts 20. So we're at 27. Go to verse 9 and 12. We're going to skip around just a little bit. It says, since much much time had passed, and the voyage now dangerous, because even the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss. Here's Paul. Hey, I just want to tell you, um, I don't think this is a great idea, Um it doesn't really appear to be smart at this time to maybe do this. Uh, here's Paul trying to give them advice. I love this. And he's saying, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but of our lives. Paul's like, hey, I don't think we're going to make it out of this one. I don't forget about the boat. Forget about the cargo. Forget about the contents of importance of things we're shipping or carrying or transporting What about our lives? I'm worried about that. Right now, I don't feel so great about that. Sometimes storms can bring and cause fear and just, fear is only one piece. But different things to come in, I got to stay on track. Okay. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and the owner of the ship than than what Paul said. Basically, he's being ignored. Paul, we appreciate your two cents. Park it over there, buddy. Right on the side of the boat. Demerit. So here's Paul, and I love this. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend winter in, the majority decided to to put out to sea from there. Okay? So on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix a harbor of Crete facing both southwest and northeast and spent the winter there. So here's Paul. He's setting sail, right? Go to verse 20. 
1 and 25. We're going to slowly build this thing. So he's sailing. He's giving advice. Look, guys, it's going to be a bad deal. I promise. It's going to be a really bad deal, I, I feel like. They're ignoring him. They're not taking heed. Mind you, there's Roman official on the boat. There's the owner of the boat. There's the pilot, right? So there's people on the boat of great influence, position, and power, right? So in all honesty, they don't have to listen to Paul. You understand how powerful that is? So, all right, I told you. All right, I told you. 20, 21. Since they had been without food for a long time, now stop. How many know? There are different levels to hangry. Just saying, just saying, just saying. There's different levels, right? I work like, you know, I, I work general, you know, eight to five, right? You know, just saying. Normally get off around five. Around three o'clock. Watch out for your boy. Because uh, I start to get hungry. And the later it gets, the more you, I got how much time in the shift. You're, isn't it amazing how your attitude changes when you get hangry? Because your, your, your body's sending signals. You're like, look, I'm not going to turn green into the incredible hog, but you're not going to like me. So, so we can avoid this, let me just, yeah, snacks. You need, you need something. Right? So, it's a real deal. I don't know where I was going there, but I thought that was cool. I thought that was cool. Check this out. <laughs> Check this out. Y'all be good today. Y'all be good. Okay. So, he's, so he's sailing. A long, all right, went for a long time without food. That's one thing. Paul stood among them and said, here he, go, here he goes again. Men, you should have listened to me. And not set sail for Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Here's Paul again. Let me make an announcement. You should have listened to me. All right? Yet, now I urge you to take heart. Okay, here's a shift right here. I love this. Somebody get something out of it. Yet, now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night, there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong. Stop. This changes everything. This changes everything. How many knows that God will interrupt your storm and show up? He will interrupt your storm. It doesn't matter how strong it is. It doesn't matter how loud it is, how great it appears to be. And that's what's crazy because we look at at the fascination and how big a storm can be and how uncontrollable it can be and to know that God is strong, God is powerful. He can show up in the mist unannounced and just take care of things and just move stuff and shift stuff and he can say, peace be still and he can move that thing and he can call something to align. To God be the glory, Stacy, because it's easy to lose hope in a storm when it looks like the storm is not going to end. So your problem is not believing in God because you pray. Your problem is not believing in the Bible because you read. The problem is I'm impatient, and it doesn't appear like this storm is going to calm down anytime soon. What do you do then? What do you do then when there seems to be no sign of a change in the wind, a change in the rain? A change in those areas. God, I stand on what you said. I believe you. 
But I'm looking at, isn't it amazing how our mind plays tricks on us? And what do you think would be a good idea for the enemy to do? The best thing for him to do to you in that moment is to get you to be so distracted and terrified of what you see in the physical that you don't tap into God and start to look in the spiritual. I don't go to my Bible. I don't go to prayer. I just get just dumped on and, and, and covered and I get depressed, and now I'm angry. Now anxiety is kicked in. Now I'm locking myself up. I'm isolating myself. It's easy to do. It's easy to do, right? So I love this. There's a shift here. For this very night, there stood before me an angel of whom, it's personal right here, it's personal right here, of the God whom I serve, my God, not anybody else's. My God, I, I, I love that he made that personal. Whom I worship, and he said, Paul saying, this is God saying, do not be afraid, Paul. I love this. God, show, God will show up in your life and make an announcement. He will show up in your life and make an announcement out of nowhere. In a very critical time in which I prayed so much, I have no more words. All I have is tears. I don't know what to say. I don't know who to go to. Right? He will show up and make an announcement. His timing is great. Man, I could maybe rename this divine assignment. Because here's the Apostle Paul going as prisoner. That's one thing. What would your attitude be? Uh, that when I was reading, studying that, I was like, think of his attitude. It's one thing that I got to go somewhere I don't want to go. But now I'm going as a prisoner. I'd probably be a little bitter. I'd probably be a little mad. I would probably be a little disgusted at the fact that one of them, this is not my plan. This is not the plan I drew up. This, God, this is really not what I had in mind. Sometimes God will allow you to go through things that are uncomfortable that you don't see the purpose of so that he can reach somebody and do something that is bigger than your life itself. But all, all the while, the storm's raging. And it's so hard to hear God. It's so hard to know what to do. I'm going to get more in that later. Okay, here we go. Back in there. For this, for this very night, there stood before me an angel of God whom I belong to and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. I love this. You must stand before Caesar. I love this. Despite of how big the storm is, despite, I know how much money you need. I know that this, this, and this, this, and this happened. Paul, you must go. You're going to stand before Caesar. God's speaking it. Isn't it amazing on how we get so caught up in the storm, we, we start to believe the storm more than we believe what God said. Isn't that amazing? He said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must appear, you must stand before Caesar. And behold, let me translate that for you. Oh, oh, by the way, Paul, Here's a little bonus that I didn't have to do. God has granted you and all those who sail with you. I'm not just going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of everybody tied to you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God. I can't even this morning. That it will be, it, I have trouble with this. Pray for me. He said, Take heart that it will be exactly as it was told. 
Write that down. If you're taking note, that it will be exactly as it was told. How crazy and powerful is that? How, uh, how many times do we take what we feel like God is saying and add to it and take away from it? Because I get in my feelings and now I'm hurt and now I'm coming out of a big season of depression and now, you know, I feel like I'm low on my faith and I'm doing all, I'm struggling here, I'm struggling there, right? So it's easy for me to change in my mind what God said and not stand true to what he actually said. He said, I believe, I believe God that it will be exactly as I've been told. How can Paul say that? This is a, a section in the message I wanted to focus on. In a storm, right? In a storm. A big, not, not, not just, not, not just a, a little small storm. We're talking about a big one. It's raging. It's fierce. It's violent. How can Paul say these words? Because Paul is not speaking from experience. He is speaking from a place of relationship with Jesus, with God. So that's what's heavy. That's what's important. How can anyone boldly stand in the midst of this thing breaking loose and speak such words? How can you stand in the face of depression, in the face of that thing, and call it out and take the authority that Christ has died for you and given you and clothed you with Ephesians 6, the armor of God? Hello, somebody awake. How can you do that? How can you stand at your job and say, God bless my boss. God bless everybody on this property. Help me to be a light and a witness, right? In the midst of people stressing you out and you wanting to cuss them out. In the midst of you wanting to give up and walk out of people's lives because they've just pulled everything out of you. God, direct us. Give me guidance. Give me wisdom. This is why Paul can speak so boldly. God, help me. God, help us to get in a position that no matter what storms are raging in my life, through you, it's through him I have the boldness. We just sung it. It is because he lives, and it's only because he lives that I can face tomorrow. That you can go to work tomorrow and know, hey, I'm a daughter of, I'm, I'm a daughter of God. I'm a son of God. Right? You don't just, that doesn't just, you don't just do that. That's not normal. It comes through a relationship. And this is what, I'm about to get in trouble. This is, <laughs> this is what is necessary for the believer to advance and perform the will of God in the earth. And what we have is we have a lot of people that join the church. Let me hide. They don't have relationships. They sitting, but they never. Let me get it. I wasn't even going to do this. I wasn't even going to do this. Here we go. I wasn't even going to do this. Lord, every way, thank you. Thank you for giving me this on the spot. This is what we have, right? People, they come to church. Hey, uh, if you've not invited Jesus to be Lord of your life, um, you know, if you feel like that's what he's leading you to do, right? People, people invite Jesus to be Lord of their life, right? There's this other thing that happens. I'm going to get there. There's this other thing that happens. There's, there's a seat. There's a seat that God must take, uh, that Jesus must take whenever you invite him into your life. Because this is what's funny. This is why we got a lot of people going to church with no transformation. I'm in trouble. This, 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 is, what, this is what happens. So 
yeah, I got Jesus, but there's a spot. There's a seat. You know what it's called? It's called lordship. It's called lordship. You know what that means? He gets to tell me what to do. He gets to be Lord over my life. A lot of times, find a place. This is, why, this, is why we got, this is why we got a lot of messed up stuff in the church. Jesus doesn't make it to this seat. He doesn't make it because we're control freaks and we don't want anybody telling us what to do. We don't want anybody telling us how to live our life. He never made it to his rightful place. Lordship. 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 That means he's, he's not forcing me to change. I want to change because of what he's pulling out of me. I want to change because of what the word, the Bible is now speaking to me. I want to change because of the prayer life I've developed. He's making it to lordship. This is the only seat of transformation. This is where my life gets transformed. And that's why you got a bunch of people going to church. I don't know what God's doing. I haven't, because we don't read. We don't pray. And, and, and we definitely don't, we don't ask for permission. God, I give you permission. If you see anything that should stop me or hinder me, I give you permission to burn it. Burn that thing. I don't want to be slowed down for me and my family. Burn that thing. Make it to the seat of lordship. God, I give you permission. I don't want to circle the same mountain a thousand times. I don't want to stay in the same season for four years. I don't want to be fighting the same storm that I did eight years ago. You have a plan and a purpose, a place for me to go. But he's not going to force himself. He's a gentleman. I, I have to willingly yield it. I have to give it over to him. That was not any of that in my message. Lord, have your way. Paul can do this by a relationship. This is, that, that's how he showed me. This is why you got a lot of people feel, been going to church for years, 20 plus years. They feel stuck. And they feel like their relationship with God is going nowhere. It's because I don't read. I don't pray. I, I barely go to church. I'm not, I'm not wanting God to, to transform me. God, I give you permission Show me. You got to get tired of dealing with the same stuff. You got to get tired of circling the mountain. You got to get tired of the Jericho walls. Yeah, you got to get tired. Oh, man. Okay. Lord, do your thing. Paul is speaking from a place of relationship, not a place of experience. What, that's what can allow Paul to make such a bold statement. I want to talk about this. People's mindset in, in a storm catch this some people are so intrigued by what the storm does they forget to get to safety did you catch that in real life so so many people love it hey we supposed to be in a shelter we out on front street right yeah exactly it's like the movie twister whenever they like it's coming no it's already here like it's like two feet away bro come on that's how we are that's exactly, we're so infatuated with what the storm does, we forget to go to safety. In your life, you can get so attention drawn to what the storm is doing, you forget to get to safety. I forget I need to be in a place of worship. That's why worship, I was flipping out earlier on the drums. Because some of you take away your own weapons yourself. The enemy doesn't have to do it. One of those is worship. And it doesn't depend on whether I feel like it or not, because most of the time I don't. Most of the time you don't. This, you think Paul felt like, it's a good day to be a prisoner. <laughs> like, get 
give me a break, bro. No. It's a good, no, he did not. I mean, I'm not a theologian. I, you know, but I, I, I could suspect that he probably wasn't marching around. I get to be, what do you get to do? I get to be a Roman official. I get to be a prisoner. Like, I, that's not something I'm sure he wanted to go around parading about. Like, so, man, moving on. Anybody being blessed by this? Here we go. Here we go. So sometimes we get, we're so, and I lost my notes. Sometimes we are so blown away at what the storm is doing, we forget to get to safety. That's important. That's important. And I lost that spot. Here we go. Here we go. It's easy to storm watch sometimes and get wrapped up in what we see. Even when certain things are affecting you and your life that are not, quote unquote, your fault. God sees you and can move on your behalf. Now, I have something I want to do, but I have to, I have to read something first. Go to Psalm 46 and 1, please. Hit you with some encouragement. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And it's funny because though we have heard that verse, though we know this, Whenever the storm's taking place, it's easy to forget and not remember how strong our God is, what he can do. This is why it's so important we're praising God, not based on what he's doing for us. Come on. That's why, you, that's why we're praising God when I, when I don't feel like it. What does that do? Do you understand that is your power source. If you don't do that, you are forfeiting. This should have been the last week's message. You are disqualifying yourself, right, from advancement and moving forward. Don't do the enemy's job for him, right? Keep your praise. Keep your worship. It does, and it doesn't have to be anything elaborate that we conjure up in our minds that it has to be. Same thing with a prayer life. Oh, baby, I'm praying at five, at three. Conversating with God, connecting with him, making intentional. I talked about it last week. Being intentional. I have to be, especially in a storm. How else are you going to get through it? How else are you going to get through it? Being intentional. Okay, so that was Psalm 46 and 1. Are we positioning ourselves to hear what God is saying through his word? Through his word. Go to 1 Kings 19, 9 through 13. I don't even. Okay. Talking about Elijah. There he came to a cave and lodged in, lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with a sword and I, and even I only am left and they seek my life. So it's a bad deal. It's a, it's a bad deal. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant. Okay, already, already went there. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. Okay. 
and behold, the Lord passed by, and the great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke it, or broke into pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. Isn't it funny how when stuff pops off, we go looking for God in different places? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie that together. But behold, he wasn't in the wind. Let's keep going. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. One says a still small voice. I want to focus on that. With the storms raging in parts of our life, in different departments and different things we're going through. Sometimes it's easy to become so distracted. Nick, will you come up here real quick and help me? Now, this was not planned. This is. Uh, we're just going front and center. Follow me. I am going to need my magic trick back. Dude, that's why I love you, bro. You are on it. You are on it, man. Thank you, sir. You're the best. I care what they say about your work. I love you, buddy. Oh, sorry. Did I say that? Oh, there it is. So, I probably need this, too. So, I wanted to do this because how many is a visual learner? I'm a visual learner, man. I'm a visual learner. You could tell me, and that's great, and I love that you told me. But if you can find a way, like, if I see something, it just connects it differently for me. So, in a storm, it could be very hard to hear God. I don't want this to block the camera. I don't know if it will or not, guys. Sorry. Um, in a storm, it could be so hard to hear God because it's loud. There's a lot going on. So here's why this illustration. I want to talk a little bit um, at the end here. I want to talk a little bit. Let me find my spot. Mm -hmm. Right here. I want to talk a little bit of how hard it is sometimes to hear God. I want to talk about things we struggle with with that because a lot of us have an expectation uh, for God to speak in, at, to certain things, in certain seasons, in certain situations, and then we're ticked off whenever he's quiet. We're or we're mad whenever we feel like he's not talking, though he might be trying to, but the weight and, of the storm and the volume of the storm and of life itself has gotten so loud I can't, I can't tune into that. So... My first illustration is this. This is how sometimes we expect to hear God. Is there anybody that did not hear that? If so, we need to talk. <laughs> I would, uh, so this is, that's how we expect to hear God a lot of the times. But oftentimes he's... Hear how subtle that is? Hear how low that sounds? Now, wait. There's a shift there. There's an adjustment there. I have to adjust my ears 
to be able to hear the difference between and this. I really have to dial back and listen and choose to, I have to, it forces me to take a step back. Everybody can hear full volume. We expect God to oftentimes speak. God, if you're going to speak something to me, your servant here, I'm, I'm listening, I'm ready because I'm ready to get out of the situation, right? Isn't that amazing how that works? And we expect God to come on the scene and speak loud and boldly. But a lot of the times, sometimes he doesn't. And sometimes it's going to force you to take a step back to actually go to him in prayer, in the word, in those things, to dial in to, to listen. And this is hard because this takes a lot more patience. It's easy to be loud and play fast. Now how hard it is to play slow and play subtle. It, it takes a different technique. It takes a different, it really does. And so just like hearing God takes you being in a certain position. You have to position yourself in a certain spot to be able to hear him with reading the word, with praying, with worshiping, with doing those things. And oftentimes in a storm, we are expecting because the storm is loud, God's going to come on the scene and speak loud. And, and he might and he could. But oftentimes, he's wanting to draw you to a place that's going to force you to get closer to him. That's going to force you to, to get closer through reading, through praying, through getting on your knees and seeking him. Amen? Amen. So how we hear God is oftentimes, oftentimes that's how we want to hear God. And we have to be careful with that and how God's speaking. And we have to position ourselves to hear him in rough seasons and in storms. What is God having, ooh, ooh. What is God having to compete with to get our attention? I can't hear him speaking. Why can't I hear him speaking? Is it because the, the laundry list of things he has to compete with is absolutely huge? And now I don't have, and, and God, you're not speaking. You're not speaking. That's what we're like. That's what we do. I'm guilty as charged. When he is speaking, what's blocking me from tuning in? What's blocking me from tuning in? See, this is great. You know why? Because as we even play worship music on stage, do you know how many adjustments on the fly that have to be made in order for a singer or a musician to hear? And guess what? There are times we still can't hear. There are times that we, the music's going, and yet you're hearing the music, but but we still, the clarity is not there. Whoo, wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for that one. So, thank you, Lord. Sometimes you, you might be hearing something, but you just need clarity that that is what I'm hearing. God, I'm hearing this, but is this actually you? Because this is why stuff gets tagged God that's not him. Stuff that he never said in the first place. But it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I, I had that thought. Yep, I think that's God. Anybody can do that. Anybody can do it. It happens rampant in the church today. Anybody cannot just go to prayer and have the discipline to seek him and go to him to get clarity. 
not to run with the first thing that I thought I heard. Because this is why you can't trust your feelings and your thoughts in rough seasons, when storms are breaking loose, when all hell in your life is breaking loose. We cannot trust our feelings and sometimes our thoughts. We have to run to him. We have to run to him, not just to calm the storm, but for clarity and direction and guidance on God. How do, how do we navigate through this thing? God, how do I navigate through this thing? Okay. Not excited. Let me see. Remember, just because you don't see any change doesn't mean God's not working. Right? Doesn't mean God's not working. Just because you don't see, just because I don't see, well, God, I'm your boy. Like, why isn't this, isn't it amazing how easy it is for us to become entitled? Now I feel like you owe me something. What? No. I owe him everything. Everything. So, oh, Lord, I love you so much. Just because you're feeling like you can't hear God, in the season you're currently in doesn't mean he's not speaking. Okay. Here's this. Hearing God for yourself is one thing. Britt, Micah, stand up for a minute. Yeah. You already caught it. You already caught it. It's enough for me to hear God. It's enough for me to go through the storm. When you have to hear the Lord for your family, whole new weight, whole new ball game, whole new situation, whole new attack, whole new preparation, it hits different. It is different. Because the enemy's assignment to stop me and our, not just for me, look, look at what I got coming behind me. Look at what we have coming up behind us. So you have to, uh, Thank you, guys. You can say, this is what we don't think about in a storm. We take the attack personal. I take the inconvenience, Jeremy, personal. I shouldn't have to go through this storm. I already, already went through something like this. I'm tired of this. God, we already been through this. We're taking it personal. I'm taking it personal. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than us. God is trying to do the work of the kingdom in the earth. And he's trying to use us to do it. Of course, they're going to be attacks. Of course, they're going to be storms. Of course, they're going to be all these things. How we navigate and handle these things and what we choose to go to will be and is the deciding factor to the outcome. To the outcome. This is why Paul could stand there. Make sure I don't trip myself up. This is why Paul can stand there in boldness and say, I believe it as it was told me. I believe it as it was told me. Because guess what? In his prison cell, he's not con complaining about the years wasted in life. He's asking and seeking God for new focus. That regardless of how his flesh feels about him being in a spot where he is prisoner, to give him the mindset and boldness to keep at the forefront the mission which is to preach the gospel, whether it be in Rome, whether it be in Crete, whether it be in Ephesus, whether it be in Capernaum, no matter where God takes Paul, that's why he can speak boldly. That's why he can speak confidently. God, help us. Help us.
not to allow the storms of life to just rage and overtake what you're doing in our life. It says, if you would. You know, I got to be honest. I had no clue how this message was going to come forth. But I knew that if I just, I knew I had to share it because if it's for one person, and everybody's in a different spot, but if it's for one person going through something, if there's one storm that keeps banging and is loud at your door, at your door, if there's a storm that is so violent, that is loud, that is raging, and you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot get away from this thing. I can't sleep. I, I go to work. I'm thinking about this. I go, I go out in public. I'm thinking about this. This is dominating. This is dominating my life. This is dominating my mind, and it's starting to take over. Good news. Good news. There's shelter in him. Give God a praise. There's shelter in him. We're, we could be safe in him. It's God remind me to go there. God remind me to reposition myself so that I can hear you properly. God allow me to reposition myself so I can get clarity on what to do. And sometimes there might seem like gaps when God's speaking like, I don't see, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not hearing consistently this or that. Sometimes God is trying to get you to first calm down because the storm, and I, and I know we said, you know, some people that just don't like storms in general, but sometimes the storms of life can, can get you so rattled, can get you so rattled. You can't think straight. Now you're forced to make certain decisions. You don't have your head on straight to do it. You're not in a good position to make wisdom, calls of wisdom, decisions, choices of wisdom because you're rattled. And these are big deals. These are power moves. These are things that will have a big effect and have a big result. We need to have a clear mind and a clear heart that's focused on him for us to be able to do that. Amen. So as I wrap this thing up this morning, this is what I, this is what I feel. I'm going to give two. It's going to be a two and one. I'm going to give an invitation for anyone that wants to come for prayer or salvation. And that's, and outside of that, um, if some come, we'll pray. And you know, take care of business there. But also, I do want, I, I, I really just feel like too, I feel like we need to go out and worship. We need to go out and worship before we leave. Because there's something, uh, I, I don't, 
Lord, you're going to have to show it. I, I can't explain. I, I can't put it into words. It, it, it really is a struggle. There's so much power that your worship has. There's so much power behind that. Why do you think the enemy fights that? Oh, I look stupid. Oh, I got my hands up. Oh, don't I look dumb? Why do you think he fights you so hard? Because he knows when you do it, he's done. There's not, he knows he's done. So put up your defense system in Christ. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons give you real hope for real life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook or Instagram at The River.